As a family, I think it's safe to say that we all struggle, we all bicker, and sometimes things don't go the way that we want them to go. A lot of you know my family, at least if you've been here for a little while. You've heard about us, and I think no matter how we try to paint it sometimes, it just seems like we have this all figured out and that we aren't still learning and we've gotten the perfect way to work everything out and we have a perfect system and that's just not true. Episode 36, we talked about how freeing it is to know that we don't have to keep reinventing ourselves, but when we think of our family, we sometimes don't always feel very free. That's something that we really want to talk about today. We have a sign in our living room, and my mom actually, when Jared and I got married, got me a small sign um, to put in our living room that says, our family is a circle of strength and love. And it's such a picture-perfect saying, but there's so much that we want to tell you about this and all that's gone on. So let's just talk about it now. Okay. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. So friends, as always, I have someone with me today. Guess who? And we are excited to talk to you a bit more about our family's story and how we have navigated times uh, where not even illness related itself, that we have worked as a family and why this quote, this picture perfect quote, actually has such a deep meaning for our family. It's not just a sign. It is something that means a lot more. Yeah, and it's funny. Um, I was thinking about that sign and that's kind of how our whole idea for this podcast came was when Mm -hmm. we talked about that and um our version in our living room at home is you were still living at home at the time yeah um our family is a circle of strength and love together forever and we actually just had to pull up the picture because we were like wait a minute what does it say um mine mine is a little is a very small sign i like all those little what would you call them are they like little plaques kind of they're not the antique wooden like boxes the rustic signs and that's become a big trend anyway i think is yeah, saying, but the thing artwork. is, like, you had them before, like, just like you had mason jar yeah, cups, like, yeah, way before it became this huge trend. Yeah, every I grew up with some of these things, and actually, you probably don't even realize this. The first one that I think I ever had um, was one that I got from my my parents had it at their house, and I loved it. And Pa, your grandfather, actually just like he just gave it to me one time because I couldn't find it anywhere else, and it says, "Thou shalt not whine." Oh, yes. <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, an additional commandment in this house. Just so you know, you should learn that one. Yeah. And it's so neat because you've given them to me in all different seasons. Even today, she surprises me and she brings them. And I love them. Quotes are a really big deal. But as we love them, when she gave me my own, our family is a circle of strength and love. And she was like, you're always a part of our family, but I want you to have one for your family. That meant so much to me. And it's because when we think about these quotes, a lot of them 
are personal to people. Sometimes they're not, but there are certain quotes that are so personal and this just happens to be one of them. Yeah, and we were talking about that every family goes through their pain, their struggles. None of us comes through this life without scars, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a it's a brave thing to have a family these days. Um, we talked about recently how, you know, there's a lot of young people who are afraid to even bring a child into this world, you mm-hmm. know, so, but I'm kind of speaking today more as a mom and kind of a family person, but hopefully people kind of think about, like, who is their family? What does what does that mean to you? And whether you're you know young, old, somewhere in between, uh, single, married, divorced, whatever it is, we all have somebody. I would hope that we identify as family. Sometimes it's more we're thinking the family we grew up in, our biological family, and that can have all different family trees. There, you can have a really big extended family. You can have your basic nuclear family. You can have all kinds of, um, you know, remarriages and stepchildren and that kind of thing. So it's kind of like, what does family mean to you? And trying to kind of pass down a little bit of legacy to you was that little sign, which would be cute if we had a picture at some point mm-hmm. on your, your site. Um, it was more just like, like an intention. And uh, yeah, I joke about the thou shalt not whine and all that. I do have some funny signs all around the house. And I have one that I love that says, what I love most about my house is who I share it with. Mm. I have that one right by the TV. So I, I think at some point you guys don't even see them anymore, but I see them at least when I pick them all up to dust and whatever. And it's kind of cute that um, people have even given me some that they made, which I think is really, I treasure those, you know, when someone takes the time to do something like that. I'm not good at the lettering like you are, but a lot of people do lettering. And in relation to the together sign, the family together was really a time in our life um a couple things were going on the family was literally getting bigger like you're all growing (laughs) so we weren't all fitting all these humans were not fitting comfortably in the living room though and we had a couple sofas that had really worn out they were great sofas but they had done their time so when somebody from church who's a was a good friend of mine had come over she's like you know i'm upgrading my sofas i don't know if you feel funny about this but i'd really like to gift them to you and especially in ministry in that time you know money's so tight and we wouldn't let her just gift them to us we we insisted on giving her some money towards her new furniture that she was getting but we had the i don't know if you remember those two big kind of sofas a little bit like the style we're sitting on right now i think those are the ones that when everything had happened and i was in the when we were first adjusting to me being in a wheelchair i think those i think that i slept downstairs on those couches yeah because they had the recliners yeah but we kind of killed those and then also there just was only so much space so we were really um i try to be really prayerful on even the little things god knows little things and i really wanted to find some kind of sectional that would fit that room and sectionals you can do a lot of neat things with if they are able to be taken apart but sometimes they're kind of set up in such a way it has to fit a certain way in your room and that's kind of it you know sometimes they have a chaise part to it or whatever so um i kept being intentional like oh i just lord i know i should be content with these sofas but like we can't even all fit in here we're trying to bring in another chair you know i'm thinking gee you know my vision and the legacy of of this family and us being together it's like this is really just it was actually uncomfortable in our living room like really mm-hmm. uncomfortable so that was happening and i was praying about getting another furniture set if we could i wanted to bring us all together but the, the hard side of what is you know better than all of us right is um we were going through some real painful times we were dealing with Mm -hmm. your illness we were dealing with um 
I'll put it in the most general terms because it's not everybody's business, but we were dealing with someone else struggling uh, in the family and that caused a lot of division. It Mm -hmm. caused a wedge. It caused um, a lot of pain. And it was meant that certain family was not going to be together. Certain people were never going to all be together, you know, is what I was afraid of. Um, But I was just giving it to God and trying to be faithful. And at the same time, I, I was trying to really be intentional about you know, our family. And I remember saying to your sister, because she was really struggling with some of the fallout of things that had happened. And I said, you know, we're not going to give up on this family. We are going to cling to Jesus. We're going to cling to each other. And I was in a stage where I wished I could change things. And I still, at this moment, don't understand all that happened. And if I was given a chance to have a do-over, that would be something that I would change. But I know all things work together with God's planning and we yep. talked about in your last podcast you shared eight Romans eight twenty eight. Yep. And that's, you know, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And I think um sometimes with this verse People love to slap it on as a verse of encouragement. And I do believe that it is encouraging when you're ready to be there because there are certain things in just in illness wise as well. There are certain things I wish I treasured more deeply when I had the ability to do certain things. Or I wish that had I known XYZ situation was going to happen, I would have handled it better. And so, you know, when I think of that verse, I really despised this verse for a long time because I was just like, no good can come out of what has just happened. There is never going to be a day where I am going to say, yep, I see the purpose for that. And what I found is that sometimes on this side of heaven, we are not going to see that purpose because you know what? There is sin, there is hurt, there is sickness. There are things that God never intended for us to go through when he made us, but he gave us that free will. And so when I'm thinking about my life and even now as, you know, I'm, you know, moving into ministry, but I don't even like to claim that title because I think there's this fear inside me that if I have another title, it's just going to get taken away. Yeah, it's more about a calling. Like we're following what our spiritual calling is versus a title or ministry. And and we'll be yeah. amazed at how our past experiences, when we thought nothing could ever come from them, how much we can go back and learn for ourselves and also use to help other people. And I think that that's really what this verse is getting at. It is not, you know, like, it is not what we want to hear when a loved one dies or when you have a progressive chronic illness or at this period of time when I had dealt with severe memory loss. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a lot of uncertainty and I was very angry with God at the time. I know you and I had kind of a bit of a spat about it because I was like, as long as I'm living here, I want nothing to do with Jesus. And um, yeah, and that was okay friends. for you, but that was not going to happen for me. <laughs> yeah. And to also be in a pastor's family, which you guys were so respectful. I've talked about that before. I've just, I think people are very surprised to hear when I'll be like, yeah, they gave me my space. And I think people are just like, what? Of course we did. And, you know, but like there are people that don't get that opportunity to get that space. And then I feel like they can almost hinder that person's walk with God. But it was something where you just kind of point blank had said to me, look, it is fine that you're not in the place that I'm in, mm-hmm. 
but this is my God, this is my Jesus, and this is my house, and I'm still going to worship him. Right. I can do it more quietly or something. It's not like I'm bellowing out at him. Exactly. People I cannot <laughs> sing. So just so you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually, I think we you talked about this on a prior podcast. I used to do that as a joke, as a punishment to you guys if you fought in the car. I'm oh, like, yeah. I am going to belt out Christmas songs as loud as I can if you three don't stop it. And we all just like, no, 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 no. We'll be quiet. We'll but be quiet. it was funny when I like oh, break into Frosty the Snowman or something. It was hysterical. It was awesome. So, you know, you got to do those crazy things. So back on this time of, um, you know, trying to create what our legacy is. And and yeah, it was really just, I think at the time I didn't really know that's what I was doing. But I was like, okay, Lord. And and you had actually moved out for a while. Yep. And that was really painful. Not that you moved out, but it was under just arguing. It was just a lot of circumstances. It was just a whole bunch of stuff going on and trying to, um, it wasn't the way we thought it would be. Yep. So it was a time of, like, really grieving for me. And you didn't get far or anything like that. And you were still going to school, like, two miles away or something. But there was a grief. And and it was so heavy, I think, for everybody involved. Because we all, I think, as a family, we there were certain things none of us at that time were agreeing on. But I think the one thing that we all agreed with was just it was not supposed to be this way. Yeah, and it was just painful. And, you know, you go into, oh, I... I think every single family member, when something happens, you'll think what you could have done better, different, what you missed. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I made a a determination like, all right, you know, I'm going to cling to you, Jesus, because I I don't know what I'm doing here. And my husband and I just really said, hey, we need to be in unison together. We're going to handle this in our own way. But we need to realize like we are unified team here and you know we're gonna we're gonna live out what we keep preaching to people like you know when you yeah you, you in know, we the had worst a, of circumstances yeah and there's a lot that happened in uh not to make this my therapy session i was joking with cassie but there's a lot that happened in a really i would say within like five years four or five years like significant a lot of significant things happen yeah. and um some of this also goes into mental health and um Sadly, I lost my brother. Um, he took his, his life, and we had just seen him mm-hmm. a week and a half before at your Sweet 16 party. So, so this had, was a while ago. This was more than five years ago. It, yeah, it was more than five years ago, but it was in a five-year time period oh, that yes, so much occurred, okay. I feel like, um, if I looked at a timeline, which I didn't, but if I were to do that, I'm kind of doing it in my head now. There was a lot within about four mm-hmm. or five years like, of really serious things, and um, that was really painful and you know we're, we're still dealing with that you deal with that all all your yeah. life when you lose somebody that way and it's um, amazing that years later now because it's been uh, seven years that yeah there's still things I'm just learning now you know that that contributed to that for him and um, you know it's what do you do with that when you're in deep grief and you're still you know you're Maybe you're the person with a chronic illness and all these other hard things are happening, or you're the care provider of somebody with a chronic illness, or you're just a loved one of a chronic, with somebody with a chronic illness in the midst of all of that. And that's mm-hmm. um, really challenging. So a lot of um, growth happened out of that. And um, Katie, our other daughter, had said recently that somebody asked her, like, how is your family so strong? You know, and people have asked you that, too. Oh, I've gotten lots of questions, actually, from after our podcast of just kind of asking about our family. And Did you? Yeah. And I've just been like, it took so much that we never expected to get us to the place that we're at now. When I think of the past five years specifically, 
I would categorize the last five years as having some of the best and hardest times mm. in our family. It was the family. best of times. It and was the worst, worst of times. But it really is. It really, like, that is how I feel like talking about it. You know, there's been so much, and I think, you know, not to be that, like, perfect quote person, but when you are walking with Jesus and he gives you the strength to face these things because we we cannot there is no way that anybody in our family was able to get to where we are without jesus that is the number one thing that we all had to do it differently and we all did so differently and you know so to be able to walk with god in all of this is every one of us imperfectly working out what is best or what's not you know we all were able to come together and that's what made us a strong family is that we were able to all really wholly and truly decide who Jesus was to us and how he was going to impact our lives. Which really goes into purpose. You know, when we're lost with no purpose, which, you know, we've all been there in some form and maybe people there right now who could be listening. You know, what is your purpose? What is your why? We've talked about. You had a wonderful conversation on your podcast with your mentor that I just listened to about joy and, um, you know, just a choice of that. And it's not about the feelings and it's about what what Jesus provides, right? Not our temporal physical joy. Mm -hmm. Um, So this we could dig deeper into that. But. Um, you know, again, that, that so it didn't become my purpose. Like, okay, I'm seeking you, Jesus, and I'm going to redecorate my living room. <laughs> it was, it was not like that at all. But it, it that came, was kind of the last of thing I think from all of our minds was decorating. Yeah, right. But, <laughs> but it is something that you know we do um, wherever we live, whatever our situation. We need to make a home for our loved ones. And um, I remember when we moved a couple times when you kids were young. The first thing that I worked on um, when we were talking about how he's setting things up, what's the space going to look like. I always made sure the bedrooms for you kids looked like inviting and fun. And again, we had like hardly any money, but it's amazing. You just put a fresh coat of paint, let you kids Mm -hmm. pick out the color or whatever. Make sure your treasured belongings are all where you feel comfortable. And then I would work on um, kitchen because that's huge Mm -hmm. because you have to have that be functional and just something where everybody feels, you know, they can grab things. Our kitchen looks big when you see it until more than two of us are in there trying to cook something. (laughs) I was just at work in this thing. They have these little kitchenettes at work. They're, they actually look like decent size, but um, they put, you know, like the coffee maker and the microwave and the sink. Like everything is so close together that as soon as you get new coworkers in here, you're just like, oh my gosh. I, I went to heat up my lunch yesterday. And I'm like, nope, coming back. There were like three people in there. I'm like, well, that's a mob. I can't get to the microwave. So um, yeah, so we try to set up your home. I think we have that nurturing um, kind of feeling as women mm-hmm. um, that we want to set up our home, even if it's a little teeny apartment we're in, whatever it is. And if you do have who you identify as your family, we kind of have the slang now is always tribe. You know, this mm-hmm. is my, my tribe. I've seen some really cute t-shirts actually um, about about the tribe and the clan and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's about who your family is. And uh, so that became something that was important. So I didn't do this huge renovation or anything like that. I actually didn't even change the paint mm-hmm. color. We had done that. Even though the funny story is it's the wrong color paint that got put up. Um, and so despite my memory loss, I made sure to point out how that color did not look good in that room. With those more couches. Than one, with those couches more than once. So it looks way better now. It does look way better now. For sure. It's a really gorgeous blue. It's just, just the wrong not the blue, blue that we picked. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, that's a whole other thing. But that's, you know, there's a lesson to be learned in that and yep. having patience with all of that. 
So I was just looking at the pictures that I took of the room, which are very simple. And, but I, I was like, how can I like honor you, God? How can I create a, a space that, you know, that's intentional? And I was able to print out some pictures, you know, there's Pinterest, there's everything online, a lot of free images that you can do, or actually some of my own images. Um, Cause if anybody knows me, I'm a real photo enthusiast. I have my phone mm-hmm. in my hand all the time, not to text people or look at Facebook necessarily. I love doing contemplative if I can pronounce that, uh, photography, where mm-hmm. I meditate on something that God created and um, take a beautiful picture of it. And yeah. so I'd like to see more of my kind of little mini artwork up there. But a lot of the quotes that are all around that room are intentional, um, faith-based, family-based, and we were able to um, get a really cool discount uh, mm-hmm. sectional. And I'm somebody who sometimes can be indecisive, but there's certain things that I just know. So yep. I this was saw, one of those things. Yep. We're walking in this huge outlet because we're the kind of like the, the bargain basement kind of people when it comes to a furniture store. And um, walking by, I see it in my peripheral vision. I go, oh, that's my sofa. <laughs> but then I was like, well, wait, let me just double check that other one to rule it out. And then I see some kids going to jump on said sofa that's in my brain. I'm like, oh, like, no. get off my sofa. I'm like, nope, nope. Where's the sales guy? Whoop, whoop. Check it. Make sure there was only like a little spot or whatever, whatever imperfection made it be in the bargain thing. And I'm like, okay. And so really funny story though is um, we didn't have a truck with us that day. And this was probably half hour away at least from our house where we bought it. So <laughs> dad figured out that the vehicle that we had, we could put two of the pieces in the car. And then we had the whole thing. You come back, you know, that day. Mm-hmm. And our friend, dad didn't even have a truck yet. Um, our friend was going to meet us and we were going to go down with his truck and get the rest. So <laughs> it was really huge sale. One of these, I don't know, long weekend sales. So you drive up behind the building. If I can kind of paint a picture, it's, it's, a, you know, a franchise store that people would recognize as far as a furniture store and you run, you drive behind it and you have to give all these huge receipt things. So they're making sure you're not stealing furniture. And he's looking to so the guy looks at the thing in his hand. He looks at our car. He looks at the thing in his hand. <laughs> he looks at his car and he's like, I think I have the wrong order for you guys. You know, maybe you got like a coffee table or something. And we bust out laughing. We're like, no, my husband's an engineer by background and he has calculated how two pieces are going to fit in the car or whatever it was. My husband will remember better. And the guy's like, I don't think so. And I'm like, no, no. This is where he uses his engineering degree that his parents paid for years and years ago. Like all the time. This man can pack a car like nobody's business. So lo and behold, he figured it out. And, you know, again, they're laughing at us because the whole car is like furniture now. And we drive all the way back home. Then we got all the way back, you know, and get the rest of the pieces. You got to get rid of the old sofas. I mean, it was, and then the dog did not care for this at all. The dog was like... She was not a fan. Well, she. But the funny thing is, so when we first came home with the sofa, I'm just remembering this now, all we have is the little oh, pieces. Oh, yeah, we just have those. And so the dog back then used to like to sit like on an arm of the chair. Remember, she'd get in all these yep. crazy positions. So there's like one awkward piece by the window. Like the whole sectional's missing because it's not there. And the dog just sits on the end on the armchair. But I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. she's clearly over it. A cat yeah. would have been offended for a week and wouldn't have walked back in the room. The dog's like, okay, this is my spot now. And so, it is her spot. Like, it's, you, would, <laughs> it's you guys would not believe. Like, she doesn't as much now. She's gotten older and she's going blind. But she was in a stage, I'd probably say within like within two years if you took her spot so like if we're all in there as a family we all because we all fit now yeah because now we we all fit fit, but we don't have any extra room which means foxy needs to either sit on my lap or actually her dog bed 
or in her dog bed, which is nice, or, like, she needs to be, like, she just, she can't be on the couch. So she will, no joke, stare whoever it is in total disgust, and she, she just will stare at you from wherever you are. And there are times where, you know, it's one of the recliner seats, so that's kind of one that everybody goes for, Mm -hmm. and if you're there... And she wants to be there, even if the entire rest of the sectional is available, she will get as close to you as she can and she will just sit there and watch you until you get so just annoyed that you leave and she gets her spot back. Yeah, you get a little intimidated. And she used to wait for the mail again. She's, she's you know, aging now and it's sad to kind of see the, the decline. But um, she would also try to stay awake and she tried to sit up on that armchair because she could see out the blinds and she'd see when the mail carrier was coming yep. because we have a slot in our actual door but it's an old-fashioned door and she used to bark and she'd be she'd be right at that um thing she'd actually sometimes her mouth would catch some of the mail <laughs> which was hysterical thank goodness we knew our mail carrier well she put a little cookie in there first it was very very cute but yeah so it's funny how the sofa was all about everybody including the dog yeah <laughs> and you know even going back to the quote that we're talking about that was um before you had even really redecorated that was a quote that you put up in there And I don't remember when it was as far as events or timeline or anything. I just know that life was not easy at the time. I think it was soon after you had moved out, actually. And I was trying to be intentional. And I saw this, um, when you get these signs all over the place, but this one was at the paper store. Mm -hmm. And you know how they have a coupon and they have this and whatever. And I was like, I try not to impulse buy, but I was like, no, this is... This is like the begin. It was actually the beginning of everything. I just hung it on the wall. It wasn't even like, you know, you use a nail that's there. It wasn't even like the right height. And I was like, this is my statement right here. And it was kind of, I was kind of a brat about it. I'm not going to lie at first. And it wasn't just about being bratty. I think it was also, there was, there was hurt and a lot of other things, but, and that was also when my body started kind of declining again. So there was so much that I was going through with that, but you would put it up. And I remember just being like, why is that up here? Mm-hmm. Like none of that is true and it shouldn't be in our living room. And I was amazed because as soon as it, with the tone that I had said it in came out of my mouth, I was like, oh gosh darn it, I just started a fight. I don't think and, we had a fight But though. we didn't. That's what I was about no. to say is like, I remember it coming out of my mouth and just being like, Ooh, oh, I think I took this a little bit too far. And yeah. you respond, like you did not freak out. You just were like, I'm leaving it there because I believe it's true. Right. And we that kind of, I wasn't going to go any further. I was lucky I got as gracious of a response as I did. And I was just like, let's just drop it and move on. But it was something where it really was the beginning. And it's a decision. Um, it's it's kind of like our feelings mm-hmm. haven't caught up. And, you know, we can all hang this beautiful plaque. And let's face it, we can all want to put it in the trash too. When mm-hmm. your kid yells at you and someone storms out and this has fallen out and someone's not speaking to you and whatever. But it, it but so whatever that is, that... That was an intention that was out there. It was a prayer, basically. And sometimes we, we have to wait our whole lives for some of that to be answered. Yep. And I think we talked about this before. I should really, as I always joke, I should listen to our own podcast. But, you know, I don't always understand the why and what was behind it. But how do we grow out of this? Mm-hmm. It's kind of oversaid now. But it's like, are you going to become better or bitter 
but mm-hmm. you can take that much deeper and be like, okay, God, what am I going to learn from this? Just hold me in this. When I was thinking about this podcast, I was reminded of a story from years ago. There was a lovely, lovely woman in my town when I where I grew up. My parents used to have a, a business and mm-hmm. um, get to know all kinds of people because of the small business and really lovely people. I don't remember the woman's name or anything. I just remember the story. I had read her obituary. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those really beautiful ones where the family had really written a lot about this wife and mother. And they had said, you know, I, th- I believe she had had cancer, some kind of long dragged out kind of thing. And, you know, that was painful for all of them. And they said that one of her ambitions before she died was to redo the family room. Now, I was pretty young, like young adult probably mm-hmm. at that time. And I'm like, seriously, like you're going to die of cancer? And like, that's what you want to do? But I remember, I remember, it's like, here I am so many years later, mm-hmm. still thinking about that because, yeah, it's that tension and that nurturing. And, and when I think about, like, probably the age of her kids, like she had more kids, I believe, four or five. She's thinking about, okay, this life is going to go on after me. I want to leave something to my children so they'll be comfortable. And it's it was probably beautiful colors and whatever. I, I think she may have even got some of the things at my parents' store that decorated in her room. You know, you think, what a beautiful thing that she did. And that was pretty selfless, too, because she yeah. could have been like, I'm going on a cruise around the world, which is still not a terrible thing. And, you know, but which that was her way of serving her family and kind of a final testimony, you know, and enough that they wrote that mm-hmm. even in her obituary is really beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, that's where, again, I say this and I keep saying this because if you're sitting here listening, you may think this quote is total crap. And I can say that as someone who did feel that way. So to have such a history with a quote, I mean, it was something so special that when you had given it to me to be like, I want you to have one for your family. And we have it right on our TV stand. We want it to be something that Jared and I can see. And it's that constant reminder when I really need it, no matter how big of a fight I've gotten in with somebody, ultimately, we are a circle of strength and love. Because Jesus is part of that circle, Exactly. And there's an extended part of this quote that's so beautiful that we found. And now we both have looked at each other and said... Okay, well, now I kind of want that on a sign. So we'll see where this goes. Yeah, it doesn't mean but, we necessarily a sign. But it, because it's the nice. signs that we have are very sentimental and important to our family. But this is an extension. And I think this is just the perfect way to summarize. Yeah, it says, Our family is a circle of strength, founded on faith, joined in love, kept by God, together forever. So that looks like when I pulled that up, it's more... Um, yeah, you do the stenciling on the walls, the which we do have another one that's yeah. I, I was just thinking together we, is a wonderful place to be. Yeah, it's right at, um, above our kitchen table, and it says together is a wonderful place to be. And I remember that was put up long ago. That was two thousand nine when mm-hmm. we redid the kitchen before a lot of things yep. went downhill. And I still look at that now, and I'm like, there were times when it didn't feel so wonderful. Mm-hmm. It didn't, but it was just, you know, just reminding ourselves. So as I kind of always say as my qualifier with these podcasts, these are just topical conversations to get you thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean to you? I know there's so much pain around families. There's so much suffering. Um, do not think we're immune. We're not even just talking about our own family, but just, you know, if, if you're very kind to somebody, you take the time to listen to them, like, like hear what they have to say about their family. And mm-hmm. there's almost always some kind of wounds. And I guess ultimately it's um, seeking forgiveness from people, but also forgiving ourselves. 
Yeah, you no, know, it's because um, we need because we're that. not going to be perfect. We can handle a situation even if we think in that time we are handling it so perfectly and exactly how we feel we're meant to do it. We're not perfect people. I've talked about it a lot, and I know we're starting the study, um, the Spoonie study, uh, which is an online Bible study, and we're doing it on the book. It's not supposed to be this way by Lisa Turkerest, and that has. I mean, you had read it and you were like, Cassie, you've got to read this book. And I've literally read it five times since. Wow. And yeah, this is the fifth time going through the study that I'm reading through it again. And I've done all the extended studies and all the things. And every time I come back to this book, you know, what she continually talks about is, you know, when Adam and Eve, when they sinned and that had us cast out of the garden, all perfection went away. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that we as people, we were designed to be in that garden of Eden of perfect. And I think that's why we feel like things need to be perfect because we were originally designed to be in a perfect world. And when I think of that, I just think of there are so many ways that we're going to handle things. And I, Jared and I were just having a conversation in the car about this recently where we were saying, you know, someday the things that we're so sure about that we believe this is God's command and this is how it should be done. All these things that we may be like, nope, we have determined this is the way God says it and this is the way it is. And I am sure no matter how well-intentioned we are, we're going to get to heaven And God's going to go, so you know your opinion that you criticized other people on or that you really felt like was the way to do it or you allowed yourself to excuse your actions because of your feeling in this that way? Yeah, well, that wasn't really how I would have done it. And you're just going to go, really? It's not? And so I think about that in regards to the Garden of Eden is no matter what situation you're going through, you can think that you are handling it perfectly. But there is going to come a point where whether you need to forgive other people and a lot of forgiveness starts with ourselves, Mm -hmm. we've got to realize that there's grace. And that doesn't mean that you don't need time apart. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't go to a counselor or talk with your pastor. It does not mean that any of those things are not necessary. Yeah. And if I could add in, you know, a huge part for us was really trusting our church family, our faith yes. family, and hopefully people have someone of faith that they can um, go to. And it's always tricky too when you're in ministry, how much you bear your soul and, and heart because you're in a, a different position. Yep. Um, a lot of people who I trust are actually people who might be a pastor's wife outside of my church or something, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, but we really did rely on the elders, the leadership yeah, elders could be like deacons, you know, what, however that Bishops, is for you. However it is in your church. Yeah. And, um, that really, we're so used to over time supporting other people. It was the first time that I just like completely relied on them to, you know, mm-hmm. with Jesus uh, for that support. And then I did have some close friends who just were so fabulous. So um, if you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> and I just, um, I think that's something that's important because this is all a journey for all of us. And it's like, yep. you know, who is who is your family? Yes, we have a biological family. Yes, we have hopefully a faith family. We were talking about this before. There are people who we absolutely consider like our sisters and brothers or yep. others um, that are not bio. I call all these kids that I'm so attached with. They're my spiritual kids. Dad and I have, I guess if we drew a picture, I mean, it would just go on and on and on. It looks like yeah. a giant family reunion. <laughs> these are all these kids over the years and, and people that we've just been like, oh, yep, you're my family. Well, and it's it's 
it's neat too that you say that. I didn't think of this till right now, but um, there are a couple very close friends that I have. How I separated um, out my prayer areas, I guess, when I'm actually like when I have the time and the energy to really go through everything, I have it classified in a six different or seven different areas. And I know you're gonna be like, Cass, are you just about to get really intense right now? Because no, right I'm not a part of that. <laughs> I'm not. Um, this was something that. I only did recently. I never did it like this before, but I have family, friends and community, our marriage, my body and heart, our future, ministry, and bold prayers. Mm -hmm. So those are like just the different areas that for me, I've classified as important. But in my family box, you would not believe that how there are just those few people that are not biologically related to me that no, they are family. They are not just friends. They are family. They are my support system. They are my people. So it is okay if you're looking and you're listening to this and you're going, well, I don't have exactly what you guys have. And it's also, it takes a while to get to that place. And I know with a chronic illness, it can be so hurtful because we have so many people leave us. We have so many people, whether it's because they just don't have the time or their way of grieving over the illnesses that we have is by stepping away. Or they can't handle it because yeah. it's just how they are. They just think they... they can't handle it. Yeah. And so you may be going, well, I've had these people walk away or my family doesn't understand my illness. I mean, we have people in our extended family that don't even understand my illness and the magnitude of what's happening. And they don't have to. And we've they don't just, have to. We've just realized they don't need to. And that's, that's okay because I have those few people that I know I can go to, that I can rely on, that are going to be my people. And it goes all the way back. I don't know if everybody is going to remember, so I'm going to pull it up super quick. But we did a podcast early on. It's actually episode 15. Okay. And we talked about, have you prayed about it as much as you've oh, talked about it? Which is also one of my signs. <laughs> yes. And this is something that I literally was in a book club this week. And I brought this up with the whole book club because I think of this when, when hopefully it is not for such a long time, but I will say definitely, if there is one way that someone asked me after you've passed that I would say, like, what is the greatest lesson I've learned from you? I think that would be what I would say. Awesome. Because it's something that constantly, when I want to harp on something, and we all at times want to harp on things because we're so upset. and We need to, you know, too, sometimes. We need yeah. to just kind of process. But recently, I was harping on something. No. Okay. <laughs> and I had told a couple different people, and I got to you, and it was so perfect that it was you. And you, you said it in the most loving way. You weren't willing to not talk about the situation oh, yeah. with me. Yeah. But you were like, Cassie, how many people have you told this story to, and how long have you spent praying about this? And I just was like... In a nice way, though. I was kind of like, I was trying to exactly. redirect because I knew you had had a ton of support on this. And we had exactly. been texting anyway, so I was pretty clear. Yeah, but it was I, one I didn't of, know the details, but that's enough. Yeah. It's okay. And it was just one of those things. So when we're looking at all these things, I don't need a ton of close people to talk to. I need those few that are rooted in Jesus that are going to allow me to process the situations that are going on and the grief and the hurt and the loss, but the ones that are also going to say, okay, as tough as this is, have you brought this to Jesus yet? Because our family would not be able to be a circle of strength and love without Jesus. And I don't want that to be lost because our family, I don't think 
in so many different ways would not be together had we not had Jesus at the center. Or you can be together, but there's still a gap there. And, yeah. you know, physically you're together, but mentally and emotionally there's a gap. And, you know, there was also biblical counseling, like yep. extensive counseling that went into things too. Like when I became aware of the situation, it was within 72 hours that like this was all, it was like a crisis activation. Like, yeah. I, I well, and, and yeah, I'm I very much serious. Yeah, I'm very pro counseling. Anybody, I think I've talked about it on a bunch of different podcasts. I'm very pro counseling. I believe the world would be a much better place if everybody had a counselor. Um, and I've used one for pain management and whatnot. And that has been an invaluable resource. So I think as we're looking at this, you know, we always like to end with a couple practical tips. Mm-hmm. That's something that is a staple for us because we like to listen to things where we get those practical tips. So I think if I were to give a couple practical tips and then I'll let you jump into a couple, I think for me, if there is a verse or a quote or something that God is deeply imprinting on your heart, have that someplace you can see it. Even if you don't like physical signs or things of that nature, maybe put it as your lock screen on your phone or put it in the front of your Bible or have like a little tab on that exact page of your Bible and be able to go back to that. And I think the second thing that I would say, and this is in regard to any type of loss, family or not related, if you are dealing with those deep emotions of loss and grief and disappointment and anger, I highly encourage you to go see a counselor. Do your research on that. It may take you a while to find the counselor that's right for you. I mean, we went through probably five or six way early on, like way, way before when I was first diagnosed. And it took a bunch of people before I found my person. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I think had you guys not been like, this is a priority. And I was like 14 years old and mm-hmm. I needed that guidance of you're still going. We're going to find another person. Um, had yeah. I not, though, I think I would have been so discouraged to just be like, well, nobody's going to be a person, so I'm just not going to find it. And wouldn't you know, like the sixth or seventh person it was, was my person and still is now. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's so valuable. So I think if I, as I said, if I were to give you two practical tips from all of this, it would be to seek God out whether and it's a quote that he speaks to you in or a verse. I was going to say also have it music. Um, yep. I just pulled up the lyrics to, um, so Casting Crowns, uh, Praise You in the Storm. Songs, I don't have it in front of me as far as what year the song was written, but it's been around for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Music was super important to me. And that Praise what's, You in the Storm was huge. Well, what's the other one? There's one more that we've always talked about and gone back to. Of course, right now I'm like, oh, I don't know, I because there's so many. But. I know, I can't remember. it. Oh, I can hear it in my head. But um, yeah, music was super important. And even now, um, if you're looking for some good worship music, if you head onto my blog at Living the Chronic Illness Life, I have a link to a worship playlist that I update that I use at all times of the day when I'm doing Bible reading to just listening in the house. There have been times, for instance, a couple weeks ago, I had a knee dislocation on our way back home uh, and we were in the car for two hours and there was nothing we could do. There was nothing. Mm -hmm. We just had to get home. And I was just crying and I said, 
I just kept feeling this urge that I needed to worship that like mm-hmm. I needed to give this to Jesus and be present in that so it was so emotional I can't remember if Jared got choked up but like I was full on tears streaming down my face and I just sat there worshiping because there was nothing else I could do there like there was no way to make this better than it was and I just said Lord I'm going to welcome you into that and that moment for me has been almost a decade in the making. Yeah, and it's it is, and that's um, discipline of you know of prayer, and mm-hmm. um, that's a whole other um, podcast. Yeah, but I think it's just trying to. Um, I would say quickly to close out. Just um, I'm not a huge journaler, but I do track certain things. I want to be able to look back and realize answered prayers because I think sometimes we're so looking at what mm-hmm. we're dealing with in the moment or looking in the future that we sometimes go, oh yeah, you know, you delivered me from that. And again, just as you said earlier on in the conversation, it's, it's not the way what we prayed for and the way we prayed for, but mm-hmm. but there are a lot of answered prayers and or in different ways. Um, I would say definitely build yourself up with music that helps me a lot. And I find when I'm more connected to God, I've gone through different seasons and the more connected it um you know, they say you'll put a song on your heart. Yes. It's so cool. Like it's happened a lot this week at work. Um, at work, I, I could probably get away with having a little bit of music on my phone because there's plenty of times I'm alone in there, but I, I kind of won't fully take a chance, you know, mm-hmm. it's just because of setting I'm in. But I don't need to. Like it's in my head. I was literally yep. tapping my foot as if I was <laughs> full on worship. And it's funny. The song that was in my head was one that we've sung in church. And I was like, oh, what's the name of that song? I'm not good about remembering names of songs. So, I mean, it was all day long. The chorus part especially was in my head. And I'm like, I got to look up these lyrics as soon as I have time. And of course, I didn't have time. I'm in my car parked. And I'm like, I got to I gotta find this because my commute, I was going to exercise real quick at the Y right near work. And then I was, you know, you have like an hour drive. So I was like, oh, I'm, I want to just listen to this. No matter what version I put on, I was like, God, this isn't what's been in my head. It's not, and then I realized what's been in my head is this true worship kind of what we do at church. Yep. And I thought, how cool is that, that I actually prefer the way we're singing at church versus the professional artist, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it was, and it was just really neat because it made me realize, no, it's about my unique worship. It's not exactly what the artist is putting out. But I will tell you a couple, want me to read one of the parts of this Praise sure. You in the Storm? So uh, I would recommend you look at that if you are going through a hard time. And I'm not a big music video person, even though, hello, I am in the age of when MTV was born. I was sitting there in front of my TV the first day MTV launched, thought it was the greatest thing ever. It's terrible channel now but at the time it was true music videos now i don't like music videos at all like even the christian ones i just i never want to gravitate to them but that one i i would recommend you watch because it helped me a lot i watched it a lot actually while we were at children's hospital I'm just going to do part of it because it's a little bit long, but it says, and I'll praise you in the storm and I will lift my hands that you are who you are, no matter where I am. Every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand. You never left my side. And though my heart is torn, I will praise you in the storm. So this, and that's really hard. I mean, and part of why I looked at some of that was I didn't even have words. I couldn't even utter mm-hmm. a prayer. I was just, when you were um, very ill, I was just like, deliver, deliver her from this Lord, deliver her, you know, and I, I couldn't even say that, you know, mm-hmm. but I was like, I can praise you. I can be intentional. Yep. I can praising you and worship is how we spend our time, what we fill our house with, what, what we, we do, what we fill our thoughts with. So, um, yeah. And again, let your family be a circle of strength founded yep. in him. Wow. Amen. So good. 
Well, if you are here next week, we have mentioned it in multiple podcasts. We've talked about the phrase, this is not what I've prayed for. And we just talked about that a bit today. And if you really would love to dive deep into that, um, that is what we're going to do next week. So I'm really excited for you to hear it. Our future one um, will be on some baggage, which, oh, baby, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. that one coming but I just didn't so goofy I had to say it so friends stay strong know that we are praying for you I take time every day to pray over the people that we get to talk to or that I get to talk to and know that yes we know this life is hard and we know that knowing these things and seeing at least our end results are really where we're in the middle because it hasn't ended but we don't always know what the end is going to look like and we want to but we don't so as you're in this place i challenge you to just be praying what comes to your mind even if that's through worship and you can't even speak and form your own direct thought just know that he is going to be with you and when you put him at the center things are going not necessarily to get easier but you will be able to feel peace and hope from him amen this episode was recorded prior to quarantine and also prior to losing our pup foxy we think there's a lot of timely information that you may find useful for more specific information of how to love your family well during a time of quarantine, please check out Cassie's blog, livingthechronicillnesslife.com. Once in there, you'll see a lot of quarantine resources. Just click on it and you'll see what she's put together. This episode was brought to you by the Speaking to the Heart podcast network. If you would like the show notes for this episode or want to check out the other wonderful shows the network has to offer, feel free to head to speakingtotheheart.org. Howard's is now an official AT&T retailer. Take advantage of exclusive limited time in-store offers. Get a $100 AT&T Visa reward card when you purchase an AT&T TV package. Switch to AT&T and get a $250 Visa reward card when you buy a smartphone on a qualifying installment plan. Save up to $1,000 instantly when you purchase four smartphones on a qualifying plan. Restrictions and exclusions apply. Offer subject to change and valid in-store only. Call 877-252-3220 or go to your nearest Howard's location for details. When the unexpected comes calling, bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. And bounce forward with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. Get a powerful and reliable internet solution starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment installation taxes and fees extra. Subject to change.